we are all here and can all see each other. Very exciting. Very exciting. Good to see you guys. Not that we haven't spoken 52 <laughs> times today. All right. So there's a list of six different potential topics. And I'm going to throw a, a curveball to start uh, in the flow of the day. Christy, you said that you have a new uh, uh, outbound sales process that's landing today. Um, and I'm curious. So I'm curious. I'm curious a couple of things. I'm curious if you're up for sharing what that is and what made you decide to kind of uh, present and outreach a different way. And then I guess how we should all think about it, like when to mix it up. Um, so Miss Christy, are you? Yes. Um, so honestly, I put something, I like put more personal information in than I typically would. And it actually felt ick when I did it, to be honest. It felt what? Um, it kind of felt gross when I did it. I was like, ugh, somebody's going to read this and roll their eyes. But I have not had a great response week. So I just figured to try something different. So when I introduced myself, I introduced myself like I typically would. You know, I'm Christy and I work with a food service broker. But before saying that, I was like, I'm Christy. Um, I love plants and hiking. And what I do for work is I work for a food service broker. Mm. Um, and both, all of them mentioned the hobby items and then asked mm. to look at products. So it was very outside of my comfort zone and not like, I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. My, 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 my heart is swelling right now. I love it. I just, well, first of all, I love, even if it didn't work, I just think it's just like worth it. Just like mix it up, whether it's a, here he goes again with subject line, whether it's a subject line or the body, like the first sentence of an email, it's just fascinating. And I think that may work, or I think it probably does work. Cause it's like, the, the emails that don't work are the long robotic ones where you're just like, is there a human behind there? Where like, if it comes across as like a human, you know, and like an actual person is a better chance of landing. I freaking love it. I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. I think a little bit like societally, like we're super tied to our job, which has been kind of a pushback people have done in the recent times, right? To kind of push back and say, like, my job does not define me. Like it is what I do for a living, but I'm into all these other things. And so that's kind of, I had a topic with friends recently about that, like how we ask people all the time, like, what do you do for work? And it's kind of, I mean, I love my job, but for a lot of people, it's like kind of boring. It's there's so much more to them than just what they do for work. To totally. Yeah. And outside of work, when I'm meeting new people, it's like, yeah, it's like interesting to know, but I'm always just like, what do you, what are your passions and hobbies? And what do you, what do you do for fun? So it's just interesting to like, I just love the mix up. Um, and I, I think it's fascinating that it lands. And if something doesn't land, it's also, you're just like, okay. So I guess, Brooke and Chris, how much, you know, because we all kind of get, not in a, just like, it, yeah, I wouldn't often think to mix it up. Do you guys, how often do you guys mix, mix up subject lines and, and opening set, whole body of the email? But let's be honest, the opening couple sentences is kind of the most interesting. Uh, Brooke, what do you think? And then, Chris. Um, I switch it up a decent amount, especially the subject line. I try a lot of different things. Um, as far as the body, you know, I, I think I stick to my basic intro, um, just like introducing myself and what I do. And then I kind of switch up the body from there, depending on what channel I'm reaching out to and 
um, honestly, the the level of uh, the title that I'm reaching out to, you know, I just I feel like I need to uh, kind of have a different feel towards someone who's a high exec totally. for a hotel versus uh, a QSR chain. So I just kind of depended on that in, yeah. in what flow I think they would respond to. Yeah, that, that's good. Chris, where are you at and how often do you think about maybe mixing it up? I pretty much echo what Brooke just said. I mean, I can't really add a whole lot more to, to that. I mean, I think it really just depends on also to the level of, um, I mean, it depends too. I mean, you're still trying to break through it, even to people that you do lightly talk to, right? I mean, th- those are the people that sometimes don't get back to you as well. So I guess it also depends on what kind of relationship you have. Is it is it just like never met them before? Is it a little bit more than skin deep, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I change it up a little bit based on that, but I mean, I, I'm probably a little too robotic, you know, now that I hear what Christy said, and maybe I should change it up a little bit more as well, yeah. you know? It's really interesting. So now I'm going to examples in my head of when people lead, and there's two people I can think of who I have relationships with in the industry, and one has, quote unquote, sold me, and he's a strong relationship, and another person I work with, and both of them are just amazing guys, and they often lead with emails, like, hope you're doing well. Here's what I did this weekend. I took took my son golfing. We're getting into it. And it's not like, it's just like, it's just like, well, because we all are used to receiving, even if it's not robotic, but just like straight focused on sales emails. And like another one, yeah, it, picturing this exact person right now. And he's like, just drop my, I mean, that's a big one, but just drop my son off to college or just like different things. And I'm, I'm into it, right? In a sea of, similar emails like where ours are to the top because they're short they're passionate they're everything an email should be to get to the cream of the crop but like to add i don't know christy and i fully respect that the mixing it up so cool um all right christy's new selling strategies check (laughs) let's see (laughs) let's see ah oh Ooh, so many good ones. I mean, good ones to me. All right. This one popped in my head uh, earlier this week. Let's see if this sentence lands. I might have to explain a little more. Delay or not, just response time and e- email response to not seem like, quote unquote, too much. You know, if someone's like, it's very interesting, right? If someone's like, you send someone an email, hey, would you have interest? And then they're like, you know, five hours later, they're like, yeah, yeah, what's, can you send me some information? And you receive it in that moment. Like, you know, you could like look like the super thorough on it one who's going to be responsible. And you're like, yep, here's the info. And then, but who knows? Or maybe they're like, whoa, dude, <laughs> like, am I the only thing going on? It's very interesting. Um, and obviously there's different situations. Um, I guess we'll, yeah, start the opposite order here. Chris, what are your I guess there's not really a question, but what are your, what are your thoughts on this interesting world? Um, well, I actually do think about this. If, if I reach out and I get a response during business hours, I don't feel like it's too weird to just get right back to them. I mean, they know you're, you're right in front of your computer most of the day, or you're available to send an email most of the day. Uh, but if I send something out maybe during business hours and then I get a response after hours, I think the little minute or two or five minutes later is a little weird and I get a little bit 
Yes. I get a little weird about that. So I typically will wait until the following morning. And I feel like that's appropriate. So Are you going back to the podcast? Me. That's just me. Schedule sad style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brooke? Uh, kind of same page with Chris. I mean, I think if it's on the buyer's mind at that moment, you might as well respond. So kind of keeps the momentum hot. Um, I mean, I've been in a thread with a buyer that was kind of like texting. Like I was emailing back one minute. So was she. Um, and I don't know, I think you progress the conversation a lot quicker than you would if you were to wait an hour or two just for the sake of them not thinking you're on your computer too much. <laughs> so I, I, I fully, I fully agree. I, I think with a buyer, there's never a reason unless it's an odd hour to not reply quickly. Cause I feel like they want to work with people who they trust and like if they get in a relationship and when there's a curveball down the road or help is needed. So yeah, for me, you know, uh, yeah, you know, with, with clients, it's a little different. Sometimes you want to, or different, it doesn't have to be clients, just different relationships. You know, you don't want to, you know, it's a different kind of tone, but yeah. Christy. Um, so I, I actually, I don't check my email continuously. Um, so I only have certain blocks per hour that I check it. So for me, it would be if you send me something typically, unless it like pings enough that I think I should answer it right away, I won't see it till probably like at least 30 minutes to an hour after it came in for the most part. So yes, I, to, I agree with Brooke and Chris, you know, I would typically respond to stuff that's like hopping and happening during the work day, but I, I probably am a slower responder than people who maybe can see it coming in right away. If that makes sense. Yeah. So do you, how does that work? Do you, if a new email comes in, does it not make a noise? Do you not get a notification? Um, yeah. So I have notifications turned off um, and I do not open new emails until the segment of hour that I check them. I <laughs> I love it. I, I honestly like, so on my phone, I, if I get a new email, I do not get a notification. I honestly didn't even know. Oh yeah. Well, cause I guess, no, that's how I'm thinking. Cause I'm working on email. So it's just going to present itself. Cause I'm usually in that. But, yeah. Right. And my, my brain is definitely a little bit of a squirrel. So it, it actually helped me stay really focused by not allowing myself to open new emails until like the time of every hour that I open email. Yeah. And then I open the emails and I take care of them. Do, do our 27 Slack messages an hour? How does that work for your squirrely self? <laughs> a little distracting. Slightly distracting. But at least you can turn those, no, at least you can turn the yeah. notifications off of that. Chris, uh, Christy's trying to type and all she hears is ding, ding, yeah. ding. Stop! Like, <laughs> Hence when the I reason it, I only answer Slack every like 30 minutes. I see the notifications and I'm like, if I don't see my name, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to open it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I see it like, oh, like you have 50 unread messages. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I haven't oh, built I Slack know. into my block schedule yet. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of free for all, but everything else in my work life is typically built into a block. <laughs> Um, mm, short subject, but interesting. Well, I'll turn it into a two points. So punctuality for a virtual call. And then also how long after a virtual call do you send a, a note to that person? And when will you hop off? Um, so 
for me, you know, punctuality, as you guys know, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's just like a, a sign of uh, respect. And I, I feel like I want to be there when that person hops on. So for, yeah, for me, I like to be there on like two minutes early. Um, and then to keep answering my own questions, I would say four minutes. I forget if we've talked about this or not. I feel like I did a yeah, but I, I I feel like for if I if I four minutes after the scheduled time I'll send a note. Eight minutes I'm hopping off. Uh, Christy, <laughs> what you got? Uh, well, as far as when I hop off, I probably wait five minutes, but especially if it's like a you know a buyer or someone that you're like trying to give them the leeway for. Um, I, I usually wait 10 minutes to hop off, but that's, I like, that's just me being really nice. Yeah. So, um, so uh, as far as timing coming on, you know, you and I have talked about, I'll, I'll talk a little crap. <laughs> um, I worked at a prior company that was not very on time um, to the point where you would wait for people like a good five minutes. So it definitely like was a, you didn't want to be on time um, yeah. because you knew you were going to wait on people anyways. Um, and, and it was kind of almost like a known fact. So I think I definitely picked up some bad habits when it came to that of like cutting it close, like coming in at the time the meeting started would have been well on time in a prior <laughs> position. Um, but now I, I have my goals beat Matt and it only happens a couple times a week, but when it happens, I'm really excited. So, I mean, with you guys, I try for like two minutes before it starts if possible. And, you know, for like customers or clients and meetings like that, I'm usually on like four minutes before at least have it like turned on. Yeah. And like for me, that's the thing too. It's like, I'd rather like be on because I'm just like, all right, doing things on my other, on my other screen. So maybe actually, I guess this isn't that juicy of a topic, but uh, Chris and Brock. I mean, I'm, I'm same with Christy Um, for buyer meetings. I do take it one step further and I'll actually log in either a day before just to make sure I don't have any technical issues because that's like the biggest fear. So I just make sure that the link works whatever, if it's Zoom or Google Meet. Um, but yeah, I would say for, for any other meetings, I, I think if you're on time, you're basically late already. So I try and get on about a minute or two before just to, to show face first. And wow. I don't like, be the last one to join. Has the link ever not worked? Um, <laughs> I'm sure it has, yeah. But I figured it out beforehand. I've never been in the situation where a link hasn't worked as I'm about to sign on for a call. Yeah. So interesting. Chris. That's it. Going forward. I'm going to always be the first one on the call. Somebody's going to be the last. <laughs> That'd be weird. I'm not going to be the last. Seven minutes early. No. Uh, I agree with everything. I mean, you know, a yeah. couple, couple, two, three minutes early for most, most of the buyer calls, most of the end user calls and, you know, I, I've had many a calls where they either haven't shown up or they're late or whatever. And usually we'll go about three minutes and then send something over a text an email, whatever, and try to get some sort of an update. And then I'll, I'll go about 10 minutes and then I'll jump off. I think that's fair. Got you it. Know, I usually get a response, some kind of response. Hey, sorry, I'm late or, oh yeah, I can't make it or whatever, you know. Got it. Cool. Uh I was leaning toward a really juicy, good one, but I think it's a longer conversation. We're at 20 minutes. So I'm going to go for a, a shorter one. 
Uh, Leave so, that one out there tantalizing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd, be, it'd be a longer conversation because it's, it's a good one. Um, uh, swearing. I don't even know where you go. It's just like interesting because when someone, I don't even know where to go with it. Like for me. This I, is a topic near and dear to my heart. I love this. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, because I think swearing has its place in life like we're all which i love very passionate people and swearing has its place um not even in anger just like in just passion and fire um you know with a yeah with a client i i don't i guess you could get to the point of relationship i would you know with you guys i would i would i would curse um i yeah other than like saying effing or freaking uh, freaking is a strong word. I like freaking. It's a great word. <laughs> that's the first uh, time I've ever heard you say a swear, by the way, Matt. So that, that's all right. I didn't just swear that. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> um, it's uh, like a, Mr. Fox. Have you guys seen that? Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Fox, no. Matt's going to be like, what the cuss? In the whole movie, instead of swearing, they just say, what the cuss? <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. But yeah, I, I just get, I just find like it's so even though I guess in a way it means you're like wearing a different mask during a call. I just feel like it's just, it's just not welcome uh, at all. And if someone swears, like it's fine. I'm like, all right, they feel loose around me or whatever, but like, I, I, I will never, like it would, I would never even slip up. It's just freaking is the farthest I would go. Christy, I'm glad you're juiced up about this subject. What you got? Um, so I grew up not swearing at all. I mean, we couldn't even say like, gosh, right. Like that was considered. So Coming from that, I probably at some point almost self-taught myself to swear, to like blend in in, in like college, right? <laughs> um, and so now I think I have this like really like weird balance, right? Like I've never sworn in front of any of my kids <laughs> ever. Um, but I would say I'm someone that comfortably swears regularly outside of like settings with children or work settings. But that being said, I feel like, especially coming from like a retail CPG background, which is pretty dominated by men <laughs> um I felt like swearing in those settings brought me to a relationship level that actually like made our relationship better because they felt comfortable so I I felt like I feel like I'm a, a strategic work swearer that's um, hilarious title of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> now when I swear with you guys it's because I naturally would swear it's not like thought out obviously it's mm-hmm. when I would probably swear but I do think there are times when it can really bring you like make someone feel like you're like human and on their level with them. Yeah, I agree. You almost <laughs> have to like be in, in. Yeah. You always like want to be on the vibe of who you're talking to. I, 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 I agree. I feel yeah. That's just, just didn't think we were going to get so many solid points on swearing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like Brooke? you can't really. Sorry, I was just going to say, I feel like I can't really talk Christy here, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's based on the relationship because I would never do it to a buyer. But I think if it's someone you're not trying to sell to or um, you don't have to create an image for yourself, then it's it can build relationships. Um, freaking F or effing. Well, would it would it ever come out of your mouth during a call with a client? or potential buyer? I would probably never say either one. Yeah. I would either say the actual word or not say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Chris? I mean, I've, you know, I've been in a lot of calls and I've, I've had buyers and end users that are just have no problem doing that. Um, and I've had some longstanding relationships. I feel like on a virtual call, I've never done it on a virtual call. And I, I feel greatly uncomfortable even trying to think about doing that. But if you have a, like, I have some good relationships with, with some, some long time, especially in the convenience channel, some customers that I'm just super comfortable around and we're in person and we're just joking around and we're kind of done with the sales call. I might drop one in here and there knowing that that person's super comfortable and they do it all the time just to kind of relate. But I usually don't. I would say probably 98% of the time I don't. It's just like that top percentage of, of relationship. And one of the things too that I thought about is, you know, when I talk to people just on the phone or in person or whatever, I'm much more, um, I guess I'm, I'm more willing to do that than if I'm going to like respond in an email or so I, I would never curse in an email. I don't know why that just makes me super uncomfortable. I guess it's because you're documenting it or something. I, I don't know yeah. what, why I feel uh, that way, but I, I would, would never, never curse in an email, you know, but then also I so. think it depends on like how, like regionally too, and just the setting, like what people consider a swear word varies a ton, a little mm -hmm. bit. Right. I mean, we're obviously saying like effing and freaking, but like, you know, some people aren't offended by you fully saying, you know, BS. Yeah. <laughs> Other people that would offend, right? Yeah. But some yeah. people, you use that and you're like, this is complete blankety blank. And it makes yeah. them feel like you care about their problem that is happening. And we've had, you know, I've had some recent problems where I definitely use some strong language to like, and I feel like it made the account and obviously the kitchen staff feel like I got what they were feeling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah BS is actually an interesting one because that's one that like yeah i mean i would it, say it out the whole thing but yeah yeah no honestly <laughs> oh, I swear. like if they're going there matt if they're going there and they're loosening up and they're just kind of doing it and and i'm holding back and staying kind of stiff and rigid and just not going there i feel like I'm almost, I'm not relating to them. I'm not getting on their level. So sometimes I'll do it, you know, just because yeah. I want to be on your level. Yeah, it's funny. It almost, <laughs> now you mentioned BS. I feel like that's almost the one I can see. Like, yeah, if a buyer's like, whatever it is, like if a product's showing up late or whatever it is, and they're just, you're like, it's complete BS and I'm sorry. Like, I feel like that would be, I feel like BS is, it can enter the professional world uh, mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. 26 minutes. Uh, thank you guys.